Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsion, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and I'm super excited for you to dive into this episode. Before we get into the episode, I want to address something because I get a ton of questions asking me what are the best training plans to follow or suggestions on having a coach, right? Um, and this is something that has come up a lot, especially um, you know after my 10th place male finish at Havelina 100, um, given that I've only you know been running for about four years. A lot of people have been asking like, hey, like, what do you suggest for training plans or a coach? Um, my answer always comes from what's worse best for me as well as others who I've chatted with in the industry. And so I'm sharing my perspective from that regards. And for me, um, I've been working with Zach Bitter for almost a year now. And he's helped me go from, again, starting at ultra running just a few years ago to placing top 10 at one of the most competitive 100 milers in the world at Havelina 100. Um, plus, Zach has held world records for fast is 100 mile time and most miles completed in 12 hours so when it comes to suggestions I always recommend Zach as he is one of the best of the best my suggestion if you are looking for a training plan or working with a coach is to check out Zach Bitter's pre-made training plans or his personalized training plans which comes with personalized coaching for your own goals whether you just want to finish your next ultra hit a PR or reach the podium Zach has made pre-made training plans based on specific race distances and your own running experience that will give you the day-by-day workouts and running regimen you need to hit your goals and if you want more personalized plans he offers those as well with email support and the option to add on consultation calls with him if you want to have more personalized support. So to check out Zach's coaching, feel free to head out to the URL um, in my uh, in the show notes there, um, or if you want to just type it in, it's zachbitter.com slash coaching, um, or you can go again to the link in the bio to check that out. Again, he's got pre-made plans, which are amazing for all different types of distances and experience levels, um, and he also has personalized one-on-one coaching as well. Um, I highly recommend Zach's coaching for your next ultra and uh, definitely work with him as he's helped me a ton and I know he can help you a ton as well. So I just wanted to address that here because I know I've been getting a ton of questions um, outside of Havelina 100 on, um, you know, recommendations for um, running plans or coaches and uh, Zach is my go-to man for that. So definitely show Zach some love if you're looking for a coach or a training plan and uh, visit that link in the bio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and I'm super stoked for this episode because it's one that uh, I think just marks such a cool hallmark in where this podcast has come. So um, if you've been following along since like the very beginning uh, in December of 2020, uh, 2021, um, 
essentially it's been like almost a year of the Everyday Ultra podcast, right? So I would say January 2022 is really when we really started to get up. So over now, like we've been over a year in the making of the Everyday Ultra podcast. So before I dive into this episode, I just want to say thank you so much for all your support, for listening, for the community that y'all have built uh, throughout this uh, amazing podcast throughout the years. Couldn't have done it without you. And the other people we couldn't have done it without with is our amazing guests that we've had on along the way. I mean, it's been so cool to talk with just some of the best runners in the sport. Some of like the most amazing people I've ever met. And what's super cool is I said, you know, I thought it would be super cool to have everybody on here. Now, quite frankly, too, I can't take credit for this. Uh, our guests today, Sarah and Melissa, two of the people on this panel, they're the ones who came up with this. So I'm not taking full credit. But I will say, you know, just having all of, you know, some of my favorite guests throughout the year on this podcast is going to be super, super cool. And we're going to talk about their biggest reflections in 2022. What are the lessons they've learned? A little bit of look into 2023, um, just to kind of, you know, reintroduce them into the community here and uh, just have an awesome conversation about running. And this is, you know, not only a thank you to all of you listening, but it's also a thank you to the amazing guests that we have here on the Everyday Ultra podcast. So I'm going to introduce everybody one by one in chronological order of when they came on the podcast, um, just to give y'all an intro of who we're chatting with today. So we got six super talented runners today. Yes, six on here. Trust me, this is going to be organized. Don't worry, I'm going to make this work, but it's going to be super, super fun. And we're starting off with my good friend, Austin Horn. So Austin was one of the very first guests on the Everyday Ultra podcast. I think it was like four or five, like really, really early on. Um, but it was super cool because we got to chat with Austin right before Bandera, which he ended up coming in eighth place in. And that's a super competitive 100K golden ticket race, but he came in eighth place there. Also had an impressive first place finish at the Ure 50 mile endurance run this year as well, which is a brutal course, but he went out there and smashed it. Austin, thanks so much for coming on on the Everyday Ultra Podcast once again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're Can't welcome, wait. man. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back on. So next up in terms of guests on the podcast is one of my pacers from Havilene 100, um, who literally saved my life out there, I feel like, because I was just in a moment of despair. Um, but as you know, if you remember listening to her first episode, she's got tons of great energy, is a talented runner, an awesome content creator. And, you know, since we talked with her on the Everyday Ultra podcast, she's not only had some awesome results, uh, placing pretty high in the Mammoth Triple at the Mammoth Trail Face Fest in second place for females as well. Uh, she came fourth place at the Tunnel Hill 100, running a very, very speedy 100 mile time, and most recently coming in first place at the Avalon. 50 and she's got a lot of new exciting updates ahead of what which we'll probably dive into into here i don't want to spoil it yet but there's a lot of cool stuff coming for shelby farrell shelby thanks so much for coming on again thanks for having me you're so welcome next up is uh one of like these and i've told him this before i think he, he's a runner i look up to very very much and i've been trying to almost like model the way that i run based on this guy because i'm just so impressed with how many hundred milers that this guy not only does in a year but dominates as well i mean if you look at his performance it's like podium after podium on 100 mile races and in 2022 um, that included javelina 100 run rabbit one western states jackpot ultras I mean, like the list goes on and on all podium finishes, all a hundred milers and just an all around talented runner. Plus also the newest member of the craft team, which is super, super exciting. So as you probably guessed it, Arlen Glick is our next panelist on the Everyday Ultra podcast. Arlen, thanks so much for coming on again, man. Wow. I wasn't expecting to get an adrenaline rush, but the way you introduced me, I was like, I'm looking to figure out who this is he's talking about. And pretty soon you started naming some of the races I competed. <laughs> that was a pretty good intro. I think that 
thanks. Anyway, it's great to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you here, man. I feel like we got to get like music or something to like intro everybody in here too. Uh, next up, who came on the podcast after that is another some someone else who also had a mammoth year. Now, I forgot to mention about Arlen too. He came in fourth ultra runner of the year for males. And this person came in fourth ultra runner of the years for females this year with an absolutely astonishing 2022 coming in first place at run rabbit run high lonesome 100 coca dona 250 cold water rumble 100 miler and then even coming in top 10 at javelin 100 on top of that super stacked schedule so she's just had an incredible year a breakthrough year in trail running and one that is a name that i think we're going to be saying for a very very long time in the ultra community because she's like laying down the hammer when it comes to all these amazing mountain ultras and i think she's just getting started and we're talking with no other than Annie Hughes. Annie, thanks so much for coming on again. Oh, thank you so much for having me and the nice intro. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm just hyping everybody up here. That's, that's what it's all about. We're getting <laughs> excited about being here. Um, and this is all good hype. I mean, all y'all doing amazing things. So um, I'm happy to do it. And then last, but certainly not least, we have two sisters who were one of our most recent guests. Um, and I've had the pleasure of becoming friends with them a lot closer um, over the last few months as well. Um, so first of all, uh, one of our guests here, Melissa Ostazewski. So Melissa is a super, super talented runner and like this amazing journey that she's had to, you know, go from building back up to an incredible uh, year that I think is going to be one that is going to be uh, her year, so to say. I know she's like shaking her head right now, but I'm like, no, this is a, this is going to be the year of Melissa for sure. But even so, really recently, she came third place at the Coldwater Rumbler 20 miler. And then last year came in first place at Sinister Night Runs 18K, second at the Silverton Alpine Marathons, uh, second at Copper Corridor 50K, uh, Black Canyon. She also had an impressive route as well. And she's going after Black Canyon very, very shortly again um and she's just gonna absolutely rock it and that is melissa ostazewski melissa thanks for coming on glad to be back and thank you so much i also hope that 2023 is my year <laughs> it is i think it's the year of melissa that i'm calling it now I'm, I'm just gonna say it's the year of melissa and then her sister sarah ostazewski is also on here today who also had I mean, as you know, all these guests have had incredible 2022s, but Sarah has also had an amazing 2022 as well. Um, having one of the speediest 100K times at the Javelin 100 this year, coming in at second place, also a top 10 finish at seventh at Run Rabbit Run as well. Third at the Silver uh, Silverton Alpine 50K, second at the Broken Arrow uh, Broken Arrow 11K, second at the Flagstaff Extreme Pine 53K, and third at Coca Dona 250. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. And she's gearing up to head to New Zealand tomorrow is that correct are you going tomorrow two days very very shortly to Tarawera um, where she's going to absolutely dominate it out there and she is also on another year on the Aravipa racing team so Sarah thank you so much for coming on wow what an intro yeah thanks for having me back <laughs> I mean, you got it yeah, Monday for New Zealand. Monday. Wow. Well, that is awesome. We will all be tracking you and cheering you on from afar here in the States. But now that we've gone through kind of like the, the very long and hype intros and we're all hyped on each other's uh, amazing accomplishments, um, I'd like to kind of start off this podcast by like going through each guest one by one of just talking about your biggest lessons of uh, 2022, the biggest takeaways that you've had. And like I said, for anyone listening on the panel here, if you want to chime in, if you want to ask people to go deeper on this, feel free to raise your hand, do a little emoji on the thing or whatever. And uh, I love to make this a conversation. So to take the order, um, we're kind of going to randomize the order a bit and we'll we'll start with Arlen. So Arlen, uh, I mean, 
like I said, big year of 100 miler podiums for you. I mean, including Western States, which is just incredible. Also signing to a brand, uh, which is just amazing a craft. I mean, the team is growing and to add you on there, I think it's just super cool, even considering, you know, your stance on social media, which, you know, I think uh, is, is very well known now in the ultra community. So tell us a little bit, what's the biggest thing that you took away from your incredible 2022? Yeah, 2022 was uh, quite a year for me. Um, had a very successful 2021 um, and felt very good about pretty much all of the races I had, um, but probably got a little too excited and didn't take any time off during the winter after doing 400 milers in a 24 hour, which was over 100 miles in, you know, finished it up in December and then went back to Jackpot Ultra in February. And that's kind of where things spiraled down a bit for me. Um, came away with the, you know, I, I finished, but came away with the worst injury of my career. My hip, yeah, muscle in my hip uh, kind of went crazy. Um, and then kind of had to fake it the rest of the year. But <laughs> dealing with compensation literally through every race of 2022. And it was interesting just seeing like how everyone, you know, talks about how what a an amazing year I had. And truly it was like, I signed a contract with craft at the end of the year. And like so many things went good. I competed on the big stage, but it was so weird because like every race, I felt like I just was faking it the whole time. Like I wasn't feeling good. Um, and, but they all like were worth finishing. They were worth starting and they were worth finishing. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, it's a very mixed feeling. I'm definitely, uh, going to be celebrating what happened in 2022 because there's much to be celebrated. But also, I'm very hungry for a race that I can say that was all I had. That was that was my best. So yeah, very excited about 2023. Um, coming off of my rest period, I have been taking some time off and been enjoying it a lot. So. And I love how you say like taking some time off, but I think you've like had some 30 milers like over like the past few weeks too, where I'm just like, wow, this is like rest period for you. And you're still <laughs> hitting it pretty hard out there. Well, it's, it's all relative um, compared to what's normal for me. I was, I was taking time off. So let's just go with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, I'm curious to see which race you're thinking about to like to go all in on this year. I mean, you have Hard Rock coming up, which is uh, super, super exciting. Obviously, you also have a spot locked in at Western States. I guess which of your races like, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, ahead. Is there one in particular where you're kind of targeting over the other? Or are you more so just trying to go to the well on all of them? What's kind of like your your thoughts around that? Yeah, I have a very clear plan. Um, so I am signed up for the Umstead 100, and that one's April 1st. Um, not trying to get in shape for that one. I just want to be like, have that as a tune-up race. Um, and then, yeah, Western States is definitely going to be my A race. Everything hinges around that. Um, and then, of course, I'm in Hard Rock. So I, I still remember the shock I went through when I found out I was in both of those races and realized that they were three weeks apart. Um, like we all put in for hard rock, right? None of us think we're going to get in. So that was, uh, very interesting. But once I got past the shock, I'm like, this is actually really cool that I am like going to lay it all out there and then go do like one of the hardest races in the world three weeks afterwards. So like, yeah, it's, I'm just going to get in the best shape I can, but yeah, Western States is where I will hopefully have my wheels. And then what, 
anything I have left or if I don't get it all out of me, it'll come out in hard rock. So stoked Oh my that. gosh, dude, the hard rock Western double. I mean, that is just so, so cool to see. And if there's a guy who, who can do and perform well at both of them, like I'm confident it's you, man. Like, I think you're like the master at like the quick turnaround, I feel like. So it'll be so cool to see, you know, two just insanely competitive ultras, insanely difficult ultras and going within a three week span to see it on there. And so I'm excited to see that journey. And it's so awesome to see that, you know, you're taking that, that focus and that energy and that passion to, to really go to the well as deep as possible and give it all out there this year. I remember you were, we were kind of talking about that before Javelina this year. So it's awesome to see that you're uh, getting that energy going into this year as well. All right. So next I'd like to go to Melissa. So Melissa, um, I know like this year has been, or last year was a lot of ups and downs but like you have like this uh newfound fire for this year that i'd love to kind of chat through so tell us what's kind of the biggest lessons that you learned last year and what are you taking into 2023 yeah so 2022 i felt like i was finally getting into like the rhythm of living in arizona i had been there for what like six months or something like that um you know getting into I felt like living in altitude was a huge change, right? When I moved to Flagstaff too, coming from essentially sea level. Um, so having had like six months or so to kind of run and run with people in town who were better than me, I think that was like, I mean, very exciting and really helped me in my own running. Um, so I had a pretty good start to 2022 and I was really excited to just like continue that momentum. Um, and I had a good string of races. I started working with a coach um, like I mentioned before, um, when we were chatting just to have more structure to my weekday running, um, and give me a little bit more, I felt like I had to be very, you know, accountable, um, think about my runs a little bit more and stay focused during the week, um, outside of like some of those big adventure days. Um, so yeah, the first six months of 2022 were like pretty incredible. Um, and I felt like I was on a roll. Uh, I ended up getting injured, you know, at Silverton Alpine, at that race, um, right after I had finished, I knew something was pretty terrible, terribly wrong. Um, obviously I didn't want to like admit to myself that <laughs> it was something that wasn't going to go away in the next couple of days. Um, yeah, it ended up being a pelvic stress fracture and surrounding stress reaction. Um, so for the last, you know, seven months or so now, um, I've been slowly trying to make my way back from that injury. Um, and it's been tough. I think one of the big you know, things I've been trying to focus on during this time is having not only having the patience to, you know, get back in a, in a smart way, but really practicing patience because I, I'm not a patient person. <laughs> and sometimes I make myself miserable because, <laughs> because I just don't, you know, like thinking ahead and not knowing when you're going to be running at the level that you had left off at um, was really getting to me. And so I was, you know, I had a pretty dark mood for, I mean, maybe I'm still there a little bit. <laughs> so I'm trying to work on that, but I think, I think I really have done a good job, um, staying focused and trying to practice that patience, um, you know, working with my coach to get back to what, you know, a smart running routine, um, and keeping it pretty conservative. Uh, and one other, actually two other things that I really, changed this past year or two were um, going to PT. And I've said before too, like you don't need to be injured to go to PT. I think that, um, you know, working with a couple different PTs has been great. And I've learned quite a bit about what specific movements will really help me. Um, so that's been something that's new to me. 
I know that it probably was useful before I was injured, but especially, you know, coming back um, and adding that into the mix along with running has been very helpful. And I really recommend it to anybody. Um, and then I've also been working with a dietitian during this time too, because, you know, uh, having that injury during, you know, getting an injury during the race, um, and feeling basically the best I've ever felt in my life, you know, nothing leading up to that injury, you know, I wasn't aware of anything. I no no indication that anything was going to go that catastrophically wrong. Um, so I just have been taking a really close look at, you know, anything that I can do to improve, um, and get back to, you know, be better than I was essentially, um, where I left off. Um, so I think having, you know, PT and then the dietitian has just really helped, um, me also have some other things to focus on outside of running. Um, since that was, you know, taken away from me for a couple of months, more than a couple of months. Um, so yeah, patience and then really just getting the right people in your corner, honestly, to really learn from them, take their advice and, uh, hopefully, I mean, make some good habits that you can keep, um, even when the running ramps back up. So into, you know, 2023, I taking all of this that I've learned, um, and hopefully, you know, things continue on a good trajectory. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. And I think they will too. I mean, like we've been on like a few long runs on the black Canyon trail and like, you've been looking solid out there. I mean, I remember when we were doing that climb up table Mesa, like, which like towards the end of the section and like, I was, I was dragging behind you and you were just like prancing, like it was no one's business just up there. So I got a good, good feeling that, you know, all these lessons and everything you're doing with the PT, with, with your coach, with your nutritionist and all the things that you're learning mentally is going to pay off this year for sure. So I'm, I'm super stoked for that and uh, excited for what's next. And I'd love to go right to your right to uh your sister over there sarah so sarah same question to you i mean i love how like you're going right into the international route i mean right off the bat here in february which is super super cool um so curious to hear your 2022 takeaways and things that you're bringing into 2023 based off what you learned yeah i think 2022 i wanted to do something different like end of 2021 i was actually running myself into a hole um I was not doing well, like end of 2021, like just physically, emotionally depleted, like just numb to a lot of things, I think, even though I was still getting out and running because flags, like um, we had moved to Flagstaff pretty recently and like everything was, you know, we wanted to check everything out. So I just kept going and going and um, kind of overdid it, I think. So trying to like dig myself out of the hole, I'm like, I need some structure. I need some help. So um, like now, January, 2023, I think it's been like a year and a month since I've been working with my coach, which, um, yeah, it's been great. Like to having, having some structure and knowing that I can be confident in like buildups to big events. Um, I always have some big races on the calendar, like every, every year, year after year. So, um, some smarter, like smart, more structured training, um, has kind of taken away. Like, I don't, I, I cannot, I don't need to have FOMO. Like I can be confident with my training and like what I'm doing, building up to things and not feel like I'm missing out or, you know, kind of, I don't feel like I'm winging it. Like, am I doing too much? Am I doing, you know, what's right for this event or whatever? So yeah, it's been like a, a little over a year now working with a coach. So, um, it's just, it's helped me out a lot. And I think, um, yeah, this year more of more of the same. I think I was pretty lucky and 
2022 to see some new places run in a lot of different places, um, line up to a lot of really cool races. I had a lot, I met a lot of new people. I made a lot of friends, um, fast friends in your flagstaff for sure. And throughout Arizona, um, but just, you know, races across the country, which was really cool and, um, felt pretty fresh to me. I like to mix it up. So yeah, I think more of that in 2023, I'm, I am going back to some of the same, uh, races, yeah, two races will be the same, but then other otherwise, like it's all going to be new, new stuff. Um, and yeah, I thought going to New Zealand to kick off the racing season <laughs> would be a lot of fun. I actually like doing like some, you know, big race, like a 100K early in the year, just to see where things are at. Like, I think it's nice to just kind of kick things off with a, a 100K and see where fitness is essentially. I don't, I wouldn't say I've ever had a good 100K. Like in the spring, like Melissa and I have done, I think Black Canyon for the past five years or so. So it'll be my first, you know, 100K in, in a while, not not doing Black Canyon. But um, yeah, heading over to New Zealand sounded like a good way to mix things up. And I've never done an international ultra either. So um, yeah, just kind of excited to see like a different stage, um, see where I'm at, you know, for this year and, uh, kick things off to hopefully have a good rest of the 2023. Cause I have some other big racing plans for sure. Like everyone else on this call. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so excited. Like to, uh, Terraware is like a cool one to have as like that first starting point too. I mean, like it's such an awesome race, usually a stacked field, like really, really competitive, really gorgeous too. So it's so cool that you're throwing yourself like right into there, even though it's not black Canyon, which is competitive. You're like, I'm taking the competitive to the other side of the uh, other side of the globe here and throwing it out there. And I love that you're mixing a lot of the newness with some of the things like that, you know, is in your wheelhouse a little bit more like a Coca Dona, right? Like, and kind of coming back to those same things. So it's a cool blend of the both things on here, um, which is super awesome. So I'm excited to see that. All right. Uh, next Annie. So again, monster year for you in 2022, uh, just owning the mountain ultra scene for sure. Um, what's been your biggest takeaway? And I'm curious, like after like just such a incredible year that you've had, what are you looking for, you know, in, in the years ahead? I know you're also coaching now too, uh, under Charmin, which is like super, super awesome. So would love to hear, you know, your big takeaways from last year and what, what your thoughts are headed into this new upcoming year. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I took away is that, um, I kind of got away with this year, <laughs> um, but I don't think I'll be, I don't think it's sustainable and I'm going to try to race less in future years. Uh, but I don't know, it was kind of an unintentional, like huge season. Um, because I was, you know, doing races as training for Cocodona because you have to run like a hundred miles to train for 200. So that's kind of why I did cold water. And, um, I felt like I had plenty of time to feel re really ready and prepared for high lonesome. And yeah, I felt great for that race. I, I honestly think that was probably my best performance of the whole year. Um, and then it just was really hard for me to recover after that going into run rabbit, like the training block going into that was just so brutal. I just felt exhausted on every single run. And I just remember the week before the race, I was like, I don't even know if I can do this. Um, but I had family coming out to watch me and, um, you know, I was doing it because one of my sponsors, Ultraspire asked me to run it. So it's like, well, I can't let them down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, made it to the start line and I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. <laughs> 
um, and got through it fine. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Javelina, I just wasn't able to really put in much training for that. And it was also just so different from everything I had done all year. Uh, but I was doing that race because Hoka asked me to run it. So, um, yeah, it was just a lot between like races that I wanted to do to do for myself, like High Lonesome and Tokadona, and then races my sponsors wanted me to do. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to plan a little bit better um in these next <laughs> few years, just um yeah, between races I want to do and and races I, I need to do for my sponsorship. So uh yeah, I think that was my biggest takeaway. But in a lot of ways, I, I felt like this year was more of a breakout season than even last year. Um, and last year was great too, like winning my first big ultra at Leadville and uh, signing a contract with Hoka and then having success at my first 200 miler at Moab. But I just, looking back on that year, I just, you know, was still very much in the learning phase and I just felt a lot more dialed this season. Like, and my coach or mentor, Olga, she's just been a huge part of that. Like she really stepped up this year and to every single race I did. And so I think she's the main reason um, <laughs> I had success this year and um, was just able to kind of move up a level from last year. Uh, and then she's also just given me training advice. I kind of have a tendency to, you know, overtrain. Or like <laughs> um, so she holds me back a bit and doesn't let me go too crazy. So I think that's good for me too. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. After like such like a, a, you know, impressive year of just like so many ultras, like big ultras too, like in a sm short amount of period to like take a step back and be like, Hey, like maybe I need to, you know, do a little bit less or like space out my racing a little more. Like that's a cool, like conscious thing to have on there. And, um, I, I don't know, Melissa, did you have like your hand up with the emoji thing or no, it was just more a clap. Okay. Cool. All right. We're figuring out first, first snafu of the, <laughs> of the zoom on my end there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think it's so, so cool. And so do you have anything before hard rock or are you just, uh, basically like, is that just going to be something that, that you're like going full steam ahead towards towards the first half of the year, or are you kind of like shaping anything before that? Like what, what's on your docket? Yeah. So, um, I'm doing my <laughs> required race for Hoka, uh, before hard rock, um, the canyons hundred mile, they just added a hundred mile this year. Um, so I was really excited to see that. And, um, yeah, I have never raced, uh, over in California. So I thought it'd be cool to see those trails and, uh, you know, experience the Western States, part of the Western States course, uh, backwards, which I think will be a little bit more in my favor, <laughs> uh, some more climbing. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. And, um, yeah. So that'll be kind of my prep race for uh, hard rock. And yeah, I just, I wanted to have a race that, you know, it's a good training race for hard rock, like a lot of climbing, but I have plenty of time to recover and then, um, have a full training block before hard rock. So I'm just, I'm really putting everything into that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that race. That's super cool. And it's like the first year they're doing it as well. So like, that's uh, awesome to like be at like the inaugural class of like that race on that legendary trail going in reverse. Uh, so that's going to be super, super cool. So I'm stoked for you for that. Uh, next up, uh, Shelby, 
what's up, Shelby? So, I mean, you had an amazing year, but also like on top of all the accomplishments that I left out before, you made a pretty like big jump. I mean, so you used to be at Koros before, but now you are uh, going on this brand new adventure, which I'm sure you'll touch on here. And again, I don't want to like spoil anything, but what's been the biggest lesson for you in 2022, besides the fact that uh, Joe, the person you pace at Javelina runs a very slow loop five. Um, you know, it's amazing sitting here, you and Sarah O are next to each other on my screen. And I hadn't put together. I paced both of you in 2022. So. Look at that. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That is yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah, I actually did a lot of pacing in 2022 and I'd say one key learning is I love it. So, you know, hit me up if you ever need a pacer. It's really fun. Saving yeah. lives. No, you guys were both incredible. Like, I mean, it is so inspiring to run with somebody for their last 20 miles, which was about the distance that I did with both of you at the end of Cocodona 250 and Havelina 100, two of my favorite races. So um, you guys were just like pushing through crazy barriers, you know, like just it was something to see. So kudos to and yeah, thanks for letting me run with you. Oh, of course. Well, thanks for helping me out too. And I'm sure Sarah says the same thing. I see now the hands up. So like now, okay, now, now we got this on here. So, so Sarah, anything you wanted to add on there? Yeah. I was just going to add like Shelby, you pacing me at the end of Cocodona, right, right up, you know, up Eldon back into town. That's like my new standard for pacers. Like Shelby's tough. Like it, it works. It's yeah. That was amazing. That's amazing. I, I second that. I think Shelby's pacing style is like amazing. Cause like she would like, at least for me, like run so far ahead. And like, I would like literally force myself to have to catch up. And it was great because I was being such like a, a baby, like wanting to go slower, but I was like, no, nah, she's pushing. This is great. She's like, you need to be in and out of the aid station, like awesome pacer all around. So I know a big takeaway that I had in 2022 was that Shelby's an awesome pacer and same with Austin too. Austin was my loop four pacer. So uh, those are two lessons for me. But anyways, Shelby, for you, uh, other than the pacing stuff, 2022 lessons. I would say 2022 is a big learning year for me. I, my goal is to be well-rounded in all the different disciplines of running. Um, I'm not afraid of road running. And um, in 2022, I also got into some big mountains. So I signed up for Broken Arrow on a whim, uh, did that, and then trained hard uh, in the mountains in California did Mount Whitney twice, uh, and then got to do the mammoth triple. So that was, that was really cool to like mix it up. And then from mammoth went and ran tunnel Hill 100, which was super flat and long. So, um, I liked that style and I think I'll, I'll continue to experiment with all the fun variety you can find in trail running and road running, uh, when you start going crazy mileage. But um, I will say that during that mountain running period, I beat myself up quite a bit. Uh, I had a few ankle sprains and uh, even fell and like smashed my eye on a rock, which was horrifying. Um, And one of my friends kind of said to me recently that those moments are like being rudely awakened from a nap. And and she's yeah, I feel that. So um, in those rude awakenings I learned that uh, it's really important to stay focused and that can you know span a variety of things in your training but also on the trail um you know stay focused on what your goals are when you're out there and also the importance of PT like Melissa was getting into I um used to strength train quite regularly and I have completely let it slide in the last year and a half so 2023 I need to get back to those weights and I'm 
like so excited to really feel like I'm in a routine again with that because uh, that's just going to keep me going longer and uh, longer is the goal. Mm-hmm. I love that approach, right? Like, and I think there's a lot of common commonalities between all of our or all of your answers here. And that is like building like a sustainable kind of like roadmap, right? Arlen, you're talking about like the injury that you were coming back from the bounce back. I mean, even though Western and Hard Rock, that's close, but that's that's Western and Hard Rock, that's separated. And he's talking about like being more strategic with their race schedule. Melissa and Sarah are both talking about having more structure. And then you're talking about getting more strength training in there and being more disciplined in that. And so I love the approach of sustainability, which is su- super cool cool as well. I mean, also for you, you just made a giant decision as well. Like into like, uh, I mean, where you're at sitting right now in this podcast interview, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, I quit my job. I'm going all in on myself. Basically. Um, I, I'm mar- I'm do marketing so I can do freelance marketing and basically get a, a Winnebago. I am, my new home is a van with my husband and two cats. Uh, I'm working on building my YouTube channel, Shelbs F, S-H-E-L-B-Z-Z-F, because two Zs are more fun. That was like the logic I had when I made my Instagram handle years ago. So we're, we're rolling with it. Um, yeah. And the coolest thing about it is I'll be able to wake up at trailheads and run. And so um, we knew living in LA wasn't forever. Uh, incredible experience. Met like the nicest people ever in LA, like never expected to make so many good friends in Los Angeles. Um, So we'll be in SoCal through the end of March. And uh, then I have a massive FKT mission on the East Coast, which is where all of our family is. So um, yeah, really just made some big life moves to be able to keep following the dream and, you know, make my heart happy. That's so awesome. Well, super congrats to you for like taking that leap. Like I know it can be something for for a lot of people to be like, you know, like almost the like nerve wracking and just scary and just like, oh my gosh, I'm like leaping into the unknown. But it's in the pursuit of, like you said, something that makes you happy and like your dream. And so it's super cool to see you just going all in on that. And I'm so stoked to follow your journey on the YouTube channel. It's going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. And then lastly, Austin. So Austin, besides this awesome epic beard that you've grown since the year that we've talked last on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your year. I mean, we ran last week and uh, I, uh, you were, you were definitely kicking my butt out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about going head to head to you with you in a few weeks at Black Canyon, but tell us a little bit about your uh, 2022 and your biggest lesson that you've learned. Um, yeah, I feel like last year I was focused mostly on just like the next goal in the big race. And I never really took that much time to really like enjoy the process as much. So now I'm trying to really just like embrace the time after the races so I can enjoy like running more. Cause I feel like I was getting a little burnt out at the end of last year. Um, and yeah, I, uh, actually stopped working with my coach who I had for three years. So now I'm just really trying to focus on the things that like excite me to go into this year. So I'm choosing races that just look really fun and cool and beautiful. And yeah, just trying to like bring more passion back into it and not just focus on the goals, which I do still really want to compete well and do well, but I want to also make sure I'm having as much fun as I can. 
Mm, I love that. Like focusing on the process over like the actual like race itself, right? Because like that's like most of it, right? It, it's 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 the training, it's the the longer runs, it's all those things, and the race is just like one speck in like that whole like a cornucopia of miles that we put into it. So like that's super cool. And speaking about fun stuff, I mean like you have like an interesting ultra coming across the seas too as well. Tell us a little bit about that and like your thought process because I love your approach because like even for me, like I can find myself wanting to sign up for races because they're like competitive or like whatever and then like you know every once in a while like we think about the ultras that are just like fun and i love uh the race that you're doing so you want you want to tell us a little bit about that one um yeah i'm assuming the one you're talking about is the one in iceland that's correct <laughs> yeah uh yeah i've never been out of north america and always wanted to go to iceland um so i saw there was a race there so i just signed up and tried to get a few friends to join but no one would so i'm just going on my own and gonna yeah have the best time and also gonna go over to the Faroe Islands for a while and just really yeah see the whole area and make the most of it that's so epic and especially like when you're in this phase like you said of like enjoying running for what it is exploring cool places like that is just absolutely like incredible so I'm stoked to see your journey and I'm gonna live vicariously through you for sure (laughs) before I go into some like specific questions with everybody too I mean we just shared a lesson so I'm curious if I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little curveball here because why not? Right. We're on the everyday ultra podcast. Anyone here want to ask anybody in this group, any questions like about their answers about anything else? I'll open it up the floor. I, this could be chaos. So I don't know, but we're, we're going to try it. We're going to roll with it. So anyone want to ask anyone here a question? Not all at once. Okay. I have one. Got one. Um, this one's for Annie. So something that I feel like I've been trying to work on a lot is like that mental competitive game. And I'm just really curious, like what, what are you thinking about when you're out there winning races? Oh, um, (laughs) I, I honestly try not to think (laughs) that much. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I just focusing on, you know, the smaller goals, um aid station to aid station and I don't know the competition like you just you can't control that so it's definitely I don't know I I love racing because I feel like it pushes you like it brings the best out of everyone and it's definitely pushed me to you know um push harder than I probably would otherwise and yeah I don't know like I just a specific example uh in Moab 240 last year um I just had a really rough first night and I think it was just all mental. Like I was just kind of overwhelmed with how tired I was already feeling. And then, you know, the multiple nights I had left to go. Um, and yeah, it just kind of barely made it through that night. And then I got to the halfway aid station, like mile 140 and, or no, mile 120. <laughs> um, and I found out the next female was only two miles behind me, which is like nothing. And <laughs> 240 mile race. And I don't know what came over me, but I just started running like super fast and put like over 20 miles on her in the next like 40 mile section. Um, so I was really twice as fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just showed me just how mental it is and, um, how the competition can really bring out, you know, the best in you. I probably would just kept dragging along, (laughs) like feeling sorry for myself if I didn't have that push. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things about it. And, but I also love, you know, the ultra 
atmosphere just it doesn't feel very competitive um and everyone is just so nice and um encouraging so it um it's definitely not as intimidating as you know when I ran cross country and track like that was very intense competition whereas I feel like in ultras um I mean you're also very spread out but it's also just more friendly competition I feel like cool yeah no that's awesome great answer thank you yeah. Anyone else? You have time for anyone here. If you don't have questions, no worries. It's okay. I got I got plenty. No? All right. Well, I will I'll have a question. I'll start off with Arlen again. We'll we'll come back full circle here. So Arlen, like, right, uh you're known as very fast, uh, known as I'm in, in your own words, as you told me, like a, a flatlander, right? You're out there like in the Midwest, usually a little flatter terrain. Um, but you're going up against like one of the most uh, challenging technical mountain races. And so how do you kind of approach training for that kind of race? You know, living in Ohio where, you know, maybe you don't have access to this like rugged terrain and everything. I know last year for Western States, you did like the camp and I'm probably assuming you're doing it again this year, but how do you like approach like, or how are you thinking about maybe approaching that kind of training? Because sometimes I know people who live in these different locations that want to do a race in, in Colorado, but they live in like Wisconsin. They're like, I don't know if I can, man, like all these things, but you seem to find a way. So what, what's your thinking around that? Yeah, it, it looks so much different, um, this year with, you know, being on crafts team. Um, so I'm taking a lot different approach, thankfully, um, rather than doing a million hill repeats to try to, you know, replicate that. Um, so I will be going over to the Madeira Island to meet the craft team and we'll train some over there, not specifically, but this is in, in March, not specifically for a, a race. Um, but then I, I will be spending some time in Arizona, probably like beginning of, of May. I see your eyebrows raised. Yeah, we're going to have to uh, get together for a, a training run. So I'll be in Arizona for for uh, a couple of weeks and then I'll be coming home for a short time and then going back out to California and probably spending two and a half weeks or so on the Western States chorus, um, getting ready for that. Not, I have just said before, and I'll say it again, I am not like bringing hard rock and trying to split the difference. I'm just simply trying to get in shape for Western States. And then I'll be spending most of the time after Western States at, at hard rock, trying to learn how not to kill myself with poles. And then whatever I have on race day is what I have. But uh, just trying to set myself up for Western States and, and whatever's left and whatever happens at Hard Rock is just going to be quite all right. That's awesome. Is there anything maybe you're looking at in terms of Western States this year versus last year? I mean, like third place finish at, at that race is impressive by any means. But I remember when we were kind of talking to Javelina, you, you knew that you could do more. And I'm curious, like what for you, do you think it's going to take for you to, to bridge the gap between, you know, maybe just having an all out amazing day out there uh, compared to what you, you learned from your uh, race at Western last year? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really look at, at third place. That's not really my focus um, and how I can pr and improve that because like I could run an hour quicker and still end up fourth place. Um, I think if, if, if some of the other guys have a good day, because I think the amount of talent that's on the line is just surpasses anything imaginable. 
but I think for me personally, I have to get to the finish line and, and be able to say I'm, I'm cooked. That's all I had. And that did not happen at Western States. I dealt with, uh, nutrition early on and then dealt with, uh, like some cramping and, and compensation for my injury. Fortunately, you know, didn't turn into injury again, but dealt with, you know, compensation and just was not able to push hard. Um, and so I got to the finish line and like, you know, the next day I was carrying two suitcases down the stairs and I'm like, wait a minute, usually I'm hanging onto the handrail the day after a race and I'm carrying two suitcases, like something's not right here. So like, for me, I don't, I don't really care where I land. I mean, yes, of course it would be awesome to, to win the race. You know, like I want that for, for, you know, my sponsors, I want that for my family. I want that for all the people that all the fans, all the people that, that love me and support me. Like that's what I want for them. But for me, all I want is to be cooked at the finish line. That that's really all I'm after. That is such a great goal. Like I, I love that so much just because it's all around what you can control, right? It doesn't matter like how fast or how good of a day that other people have in the field or like, doesn't matter on the things that you, uh, you know, have zero control over. It all matters on like the effort that you put out in the race that you run. And in the end of the day, I think that like is very empowering for any athlete, like to have that, that notion of just like, Hey, I just want to be spent. I want to give my best effort. And that's awesome, man. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm stoked for you. I think it's a, it's going to be a good year for you Western. And I'm hoping at the end of it, like, obviously like in, in the most healthy way possible that, you know, you are holding onto that rail in the next day when you're, uh, when you're going into the airport for sure, man, uh, it's super, super cool. Um, Melissa for you, we got, we got black Canyon in a few weeks, right? This will be your first race back. Like your first foray. You, you are a seasoned vet at that race, right? Coming out in five years, doing that race over and over again. How do you, I guess, approach, I mean, uh, you know, there's two kind of angles I'd love to hear your perspective on. The first one is like your first race back from like, you know, kind of dealing with the injury, but second, like your fifth time, sixth time doing this race, like how do you, I guess, approach the same race that maybe you've done before as well, right? Because um, is it like more so, you know, tactical, like, you know, it's coming or like, how do you kind of approach those things? I've never personally like raced a race twice. So I'm curious to hear that, you know, viewpoint from you and maybe for our listeners who are looking to do a repeat race. Yeah, this is, I think the race that I will have done the most. So this will be my sixth year running Black Canyon, 100K. And uh, before I moved to Arizona, this was definitely a good time to, you know, escape the Pacific Northwest weather. Um, so every single year, I would really look forward to just running on the Black Canyon Trail, um, look forward to spending some, like, basically all day in the sun, um, get a good tan going. So, like, that was just enough motivation to do the course again and again. Um, last uh, last year, when I raced it, because because I've become more familiar with the trail, and I had gone out there for a couple of, like, training runs to do different segments um, I think that really helped uh, knowing where you can maybe push it a little bit more in the race um, or where you have to, you know, play it smart. Um, and, you know, knowing where I, I've done it, uh, you know, the five times I've only had the reroute once. So, you know, you get a good idea where the aid stations are, what you need to pack in between the aid stations, what, you know, all your fueling in between each aid station also became very familiar um, so that was super helpful for last year's event. Um, and then going into it this year, um, like you said, this is my first, uh, big, this will be the longest run I've done in basically since last year's black Canyon. 
So a huge jump in distance um, for, you know, a year's worth of time. Um, and for me, looking at this race, I, I would, you know, I would much rather prefer to be able to push myself, um, maybe get a PR um, and just really, you know, not be so cautious on the trails like I have had to be these last couple of months getting back into running. Um, so that's a bummer. But, um, you know, you and I have had some really good training runs out on some of the sections of the course, too. Um, and I've been doing, you know, a couple long runs and getting more confident uh, on out on the trails. So I think, um, you know, this will be a test for myself coming back just you know, hopefully I uh, come out the other side unscathed, not injured <laughs> um, and have, you know, just have a good time. I think that's um, also just something so important to me coming back to a race again and again. I have to like the course and I have to have a fun time out there. Uh, this is definitely one of those events because, again, you know, the community in Phoenix over in Flagstaff, we've got a lot of runners coming down too. Uh, this is one of those events where you just see the same people that you've been running with and racing with in the Arizona running community for so long. So I do really enjoy that about the Black Canyon Trail too, whether it's other racers or volunteers at the aid station. Um, that is something that's really good about this race in particular. And one of the reasons why I do races multiple times <laughs> and keep signing up for some of the same events. That's so great. And I love the emphasis on like, you have to love the race and you have to love the course and you have to love the vibe of it, right? You're not just drawn to the fact that it's super competitive, that it's like, you know, local to you. It's more like, no, I love this race. It's great. Like I'm willing to go back because, you know, we can only do so many races a year and, you know, to do a race and pick it at one that's like going to bring you that maximal joy, I think is like always the optimal route to go on top of even to like your, your drive to perform at this event without, like you said, being cautious and getting that confidence back and like really just going out and ripping it. So I think it's super cool. And you even said like going after potentially a new PR too, which is just so exciting. Like to see you like continuing to reach that far, like even, you know, despite this kind of being like the first race back, like that energy is just so amazing and so awesome. Similar to kind of doing repeat races is your sister, right? She's coming to Cocodona for the third time. Uh, also too, on this call, we have three Cocodonas, which are like all like, I mean, y'all are freaking badass. Like, I mean, 200 miles just makes like my legs, like just feel a certain way, just thinking about it. But, uh, so Sarah, for you, I guess like, right. You're kind of taking like a versatile approach, right? So you got like the hundred K at Tarawera, but then you got 250 miles at Cocodona also have a hundred miler in Colorado that you're thinking as well, 200 miles actually in Colorado later this year, I guess, what is your kind of like mindset around all these different kind of distances and everything like that? Do you want to be versatile? Do you approach it that way? Is it more enjoyment? I guess, what's your mindset going into uh, your, your pretty awesome race schedule for this year? Yeah, I'm, ex I'm really excited about the race schedule. Actually, I prefer 100 miles, I think, but I think I've probably mentioned to you before, like Cocodona is one of my all time favorite races ever. It just happens to be 250 miles. And I like being out there that long um, for multiple days. I think that's a lot of fun. So yeah, stoked on the schedule. I have all pretty big races this year, but kind of what like Austin was touching on earlier, like I asked myself what I would regret not doing and what's going to really get me excited this year. And it happens to be some big races, but like I said, I'll, 
Cocodona, I've, I've done it before. Um, and then Run Rabbit, I've done that before. I just like those events so much. So I'll go back and um, see what else I can do. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm excited to do some different things, like I said. And um, like racing uh, this other 100 in Colorado. Like I, I want things that are kind of outside of my comfort zone. Um, you know, there Cocodona is a long race. 250 miles is a long time to be out there. It's a lot of hours, but I've, you know, I've done it before. This will be my third time going back. Just, I love it. I am curious to see what else I can do, but yeah, I want to, again, mix it up, get out of my comfort zone a bit and yeah, try different things, kind of go back into an unknown area and, <laughs> and see what it's going to take to do some of these races. I, I do feel like later in the summer, it's, maybe going to be a lot. Like I think in 2022, I did jump into a lot of shorter races for fun. Um, just, you know, different events, uh, different crowd and all that fun to see different courses. But I, I, that's something that I'm also not going to be doing this year. I'm, I'm focused on my big races. And then between that, you know, it's going to be adventure running stuff that is, a lot is a lot of fun and I get stuff that I will get a lot of joy out of. I don't particularly enjoy, you know, the taper or like long recovery periods. So like, I'm just trying to, um, put all my race day focus into a fewer, into fewer, bigger races, bigger events. And then between that, you know, keep it, keep it fun and, and do, you know, different routes and things that I like versus having to, you know, even if it's a shorter race or, you know, I, if it's something that I say, I'm just hopping in for fun. Like there's still a different mindset that comes with that. And I think Melissa and I both talked about that at cold water rumble earlier this year, like don't get caught up just because it's a, a, a race. Like we were just out there for essentially a training run, which, you know, that sounds like whatever it sounds like, but yeah, to, it, it is a different mindset, I think. So that's something that I'm kind of being cautious of this year. Like I'm not going to jump into something if it's not a super exciting um, thing to me, I'm going to just focus on my, my big events. Yeah. And, and see what I can do there. Yeah. And you, and you lived it right off the bat too, with the cross the years. Cause I know you did like the, the marathon that one day and you had the one the next day and you were just like, Nope, I'm, 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 I'm not doing it, which is so cool to see because I, I think, um, you know, it's to your point, it's something that, you know, people should, I, I've, I believe like, and that doesn't have to apply to racing, but like, you know, look at the things that maybe you signed up for. And if you're like not excited about it anymore, like you kind of are just like, eh, I don't know about this. And you kind of like start to change like, your heart a little bit. Like, it's okay to like, change course it's okay to like switch things around like even for me like i was signed up for uh like san diego 100 it just wasn't exciting for me so i changed it up and it's like even just doing that is like totally fine and it can be scary to like put your race schedule out and twist things around but like in the end of the day to your point like doing the things that bring you joy and and get you excited similar to like what austin was saying before is just a uh, super super awesome to see so kudos to you on that annie as i mentioned before for you you, this was a year where you started to dive into coaching under like the Charmin brand. And, um, so you kind of like working with athletes, I'm wondering, like, is, is there like a common theme that like, maybe you see like working with athletes or in like the coaching style that, you know, you think that maybe our listeners who are training for their next ultra, um, should know, but isn't like always common sense or in a sense of, 
something that they can do to really level up their training that doesn't seem, you know, very obvious or kind of, uh, you know, readily accessible on like the interwebs and so to say, um, through maybe the athletes that you've worked with? Yeah, I think the main things, I mean, I'm always telling my athletes to, uh, like just encouraging them to listen to their bodies and not necessarily feel like they have to do, you know, a long run that day if they really don't feel it. Um, and that we can always rearrange the schedule. Um, just because I think that's so important. I think just moving from, you know, I have a cross country track background where I had a coach literally telling me, you know, this is what you're running today is the pace you need to hit. This is when you're running. And I just moving from, you know, I got injured a couple of times, uh, during those high school college cross country years. And I've been running ultras for four years now and have had no injuries. And I think a big part of that is, um, being able to listen to my body and, you know, move things around if I need to, and, um, not push it when I don't feel like I need to. So, um, yeah, I'm always encouraging them to do that. And then, uh, also, uh, <laughs> this one, it's just like, uh, encouraging them to walk up the hills. <laughs> um, a lot of them just feel like they need to like run everything. And I'm always encouraging them to, uh, take it a little bit slower, especially long runs and yeah, practice like eating real food and walking up hills. I think that's, um, really important to practice in training. And then also, um, you know, carrying a heavier pack that you'll use during your race. I think training with your, with your gear and with real food and practicing walking a bit, I think that's really huge for running ultras. So I'm always encouraging them to do that. That's awesome. And I love the approach of like listening to your body, right? Because in ultra running, we can always talk about push through the pain or like, you know, in the era of David Goggins, it's like run, even if you have like five broken legs or whatever, like just, just totally crazy stuff like that. Um, And we don't often sometimes like take a step back and be like, okay, wait, we maybe we have like a little bit of an Achilles issue here, maybe something like that. And so it's cool to see you taking like that approach to be mindful of it. Um, Quick follow up question to that. Do you feel like because like now that you're coaching more athletes and being under this, that do you feel like you see an improvement in your own running as well? Like, uh, I'm curious to see like how maybe it translates to the way that you run or the way that you put yourself out there, like as now being a coach, seeing, working with multiple different runners. Yeah, I think I'm a bit more intentional about <laughs> my training now. Uh, when I first started running ultras, I would literally, I think I was, it was partly because I was so burned out and so having someone tell me what to run every day. I was like, I literally just want to go out in the mountains and run whatever I feel like. And I never, I didn't even think I was going to run a race again. I was just so done with all of that. Um, but yeah, I think, um, so in the first, yeah, a couple of years there, I was just doing whatever I felt like. Um, but now, um, yeah, I, I think also going through the UESCA ultra running, uh, coach certification, like I learned a lot of things from that and just kind of the more scientific, um, aspect of ultra training and, um, yeah, definitely applying some of those things, um, trying to be a little bit more structured. I'm, I'm a lot better about structure in the winter. Like I can kind of get into a routine. Um, I'm not as good about that in the summer. Like I, it's a nice day. I'm going to go spend the whole day in the mountains. So, uh, yeah, it just, it sort of depends on the time of year too, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've gotten into a good rhythm of, of training for right now that, um, yeah, <laughs> the ultra coaching has, has helped me with. So, 
That's so awesome. It's like so cool. It's like you're you're learning stuff along the way, but like you're also kind of like being mindful of like your own training and everything like that and making sure that, you know, you're kind of aligning to maybe the things that like you're telling your athletes or anything like that. Like it's uh, super cool to see that translation in there. And I'm sure like you're a fantastic coach too. I mean, just given like all of, you know, the ability for you to go out and crush your races and race really well and be just a super strong runner, which is super, super cool. So um, kudos to you, my friend. Shelby, I want to like bring up a topic with you because you you brought this over to me on an Instagram uh, back and forth. And I thought it was interesting. We didn't go into it too much, but you like realized something with tapering this year and kind of like how you have like approached that. I'm, I'm curious if you want to dive deeper into that because I think tapering, right? I mean, we heard Sarah say like she doesn't like the taper. I'm the same way. I, I hate the taper. Like I'm pretty much like about to be in it and I'm almost like dreading it ton. Same with Melissa. Hate it as well. Like I'm sure a lot of people on here also agree. Um, So tell us a little bit more about that because I'm uh, I'd love to dive in. I honestly think that that message was probably sparked from being um, a little bit stoned on THC and stressing out about how to taper for my Avalon 50 miler um, because what I was thinking about in that moment was I definitely had these uh, a few races last year where I over tapered um, like uh, Broken Arrow was one I think that I was you know, I had to get to Tahoe and all of this. So like the week before the race, I'm like, oh, whatever. I've done all the work anyways. And while that's probably good for somebody who's under tapering to hear for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to get all my work done and like stay up way too late, like sending emails last minute and um, resulted in me like just not really having a good week of self-care, like just, you know, not, not running at all for the week before a race and so I think that that was a, an important learning that that's not an effective way to do it and so um for Avalon 50 miler I don't remember the like exact recipe of mile miles I did but I I ran I went to yoga like I stayed consistent with my routine and just dialed it back a little bit and felt really really good on race day so that's my little tapering lesson yeah. And that's super interesting too. Cause I think like, um, I forgot who's like, there was a podcast that had to do with like tapering from like someone else. And they were like looking at like certain triathletes as well, who were like putting in like a hundred mile bike rides, like a week before Ironman, like world championships. And like, they were performing well. So I think like the taper is almost like starting to get a little bit demystified. Right. And I can totally see how, at least from my perspective, like sometimes when I taper, I feel like a little like too cold and I'm like, Oh wait, like, am I like just kind of like freezing up a little bit, like not like feeling like as warm as I probably should be on race day. So I think it's a, a super cool approach and end up working with, you know, Avalon 50 for you. Cause you ended up just smoking it and coming in first place. Yeah. And I think it's like what Annie was saying about listening to your body. And I don't know, it's, it's really been amazing listening to everybody speak because there's definitely a lot of commonalities between our mindsets and approaches here. Um, so yeah, I, I think the key for the week before the race is to to get sleep, hydrate, and, you know, don't just, like, stress out about work and life and whatever. Like, try to be cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think a lot of those things definitely play into a bigger factor for sure. Like to your point, like then, you know, just the pure miles that you're running, right? It's 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 getting good sleep. It's being hydrated, all those kind of things. So it's a super cool takeaway that you have on there. Um, Austin, so I mean, you're you're gearing up for for Black Canyon in, in, in a few weeks as well. And you've had some impressive bouts at Bandera. Um, I'm curious, like maybe what are some things I mean, you, you finish in the top 10 at Bandera twice now, which is super, super competitive race. And you're headed out there at Black Canyon. So what are some things that like maybe have worked for you, you know, at Bandera that you're looking to channel at Black Canyon, right? Because both of them are very similar kind of races. You know, Bandera could be arguably a little more rougher terrain, but same similar kind of year, similar temps, golden ticket races, 100K. I'm curious to hear like your perspective on like maybe some lessons you've learned at Bandera that you're taking into Black Canyon here in a few weeks. Um, yeah, since they're both golden ticket races, you can always assume there's going to be a lot of people that blow up and drop out. And like, since Bandera's two 50k loops, I always knew like, just be patient in the second lap, you're going to instantly jump up a lot of places because so many people drop out halfway. Um, so yeah, what I'm going to focus on is just trying to be patient and not try to race too early and just, yeah, roll and see what I can do at the end. Yeah, that it's such a good point, right? Because I mean, I know firsthand too, like people just rip it out of the gate in the beginning and you can see some pretty epic blow up, especially at like a Black Canyon where it can get really, really hot. I mean, even in Phoenix, like I know Austin and, and Shelby were running tomorrow. It's supposed to be like 75 degrees already in like February. And uh, so that can lead to a lot of problems down the road for sure. So do you take like tend to take more of like a like a conservative approach when you're out, I guess, like, how do you handle pacing? Cause that's always the one thing that I get questions on a lot and I don't answer very well because as uh, Arlen and Annie and Shelby and you even know, all of you probably know, like I did not handle it well at Javelina. So uh, how do you handle pacing uh, to really like run a smart race? Um, I definitely pace myself pretty conservatively compared to some people. Um, I just prefer like being able to feel like I finish really strong than just survive to the end. So I like to, yeah, try to dial it back at the start and then like keep building and building and then just see what's left and push it to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that conservative approach, it's, it's such a discipline to have, like, especially at these high competitive races, because like the energy is unreal. People just zoom out of the bat. Like you want to be in the energy and the flow and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's like a, a total skill and a discipline to have to be able to do that. And for you, I mean, like you've been mostly training too in, in Flagstaff area, right? A lot of snow and everything like that, um, which is super cool to see that we're getting out on the course and kind of ripping it out there. So uh, I'm excited to, to tackle section three with you tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, now that we've kind of gone around the thing, I'll see any, any other questions that anyone else wants to ask. I'm going to open it up again because I want, I want y'all talking like, I, I love being the host, but I also want to get some good conversation in here. So anyone has any questions they want to ask each other? Uh, Austin, Joe, and Melissa, are you going to see each other out there? Are you going to be sharing any miles and, and Shelby, are you guys going to be running together at all? Hope so. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I'll see you guys at the start and at the finish at some point. <laughs> I'm so excited. And like a huge crew from Adidas Runners Los Angeles is coming out too to, to see like the Arizona like community there, plus LA friends. It's going to be a giant party. 
Yeah, it's going to be super, super fun. Like, I definitely want to see everybody out there at some point, like whether it's on the course, whether it's at the start, whether it's at the finish, like it's it's going to be so great. Um, yeah, it, it'll it be it'll be fun to see. I'm going to be just trying to keep up with like Austin over here because he's going to be he was kicking my butt like last week. So uh, maybe I'll just like tag along with him and try and hold on. Like I remember at Javelina, I tried to hold on with Arlen over here, but uh, didn't didn't pan out so well for me, panned out well for him. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh man and what's super cool too is arlen and annie you two both met this year too uh did like so i'm curious to see like you know you two i mean you met this year um because i know arlen said he was excited to come on and you know meet some people more that he like met this year um so for you two i mean do you ever like see yourself training together this summer or like uh at any point or I'm, I'm curious to hear from either one of you um you know if you're looking to link up or anything or if i'm just making this happen on the fly here like who knows like but would love to hear some insight yeah that's funny you mentioned that uh i think i think we will both be at the western states training camp i know she's not running western states but um so yeah, we might bump into each other there and possibly, uh, I'm not sure she's, I, I think Annie's getting to hard rock early, so I'll be there early. So yeah, I'm sure we'll probably run into each other somewhere out there on the trails. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's why you both have, uh, yeah, run rabbit and then Havelina. <laughs> our races, uh, keep matching up. So <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, back to back races. Western States camp. Yeah, and I also met uh, Melissa at, or not Melissa, uh, Sarah at Run Rabbit, and then again at Havelina. So this <laughs> is like all, all uh, a bunch of of dittos here, but that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> That is awesome to see. Is there anyone, I guess, like, and I'll open this up to everybody. It can kind of be the short answer. Is there someone like maybe that you met, uh, you know, this year, whether it's in the running community or just in general that like really has like impacted you in a super positive way? And if so, what was the the thing that maybe you got from like meeting them or anything like that? I will say, and I'll start this off too. I'll say like all of you are in that group and basically everybody that I've had on the Everyday Ultra podcast. And I, I think for me, the big thing that I took away is that when you surround yourself with people who like are very like-minded and, and kind of have the same kind of goals that you are, you, you feel uh, more connected to that goal than ever before. Right. Because I don't, I don't I know, at least for me, and this is for anyone listening, like in the ultra community, if you're just starting out and like, you don't have like friends or don't know people, like it can feel a little lonely. You'd be like, Oh my gosh, like everyone's telling you like, what are you doing on the weekends and stuff? But when you like build a community, like you feel so much more connected to not only the people around you, but the goal as well. So like, I will say like the, the most impactful people that I met are right here on this, uh, right here on this call with me today. And that's what I took away. Um, and I'm just going to pick someone to go next. So Austin, I guess we'll, we'll go to you, man. Like who, who's someone you met over the last year in the running community and what's the impact they've had on you? Um, Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I guess during the URA 50, I, I was running like first and second with this other guy and we were both running our own races, but it ended up being just about the same pace. So we ran like 35 miles of it together. And that was the first time I've ever like been able to actually talk and like get to know someone during a race. And it was just like really unique experience, actually like making a friend while racing and still like racing hard. And it was just, you know, like a really cool experience to be able to 
share. That's so cool. And you won that race too, which is like awesome. So like you got to know someone and win that race. Do you, do you remember his name or by any chance or like, um, like if I heard it, I would recognize it, but I just can't think of it off the top of my head right now. I, I bet he's, he's from Colorado Springs. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> listening in being like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's so cool. Like, I, I think that also highlights the importance of community, even when you're competitive in a race for sure. So super cool. Arlen, how about you? How about you, my friend? I mean, you got a whole new group of teammates too on the craft team as well and uh, met a lot of people this year, but like who's been someone super impactful for you and what's one thing you've taken away from them? Huh, that's a, that's an interesting question because I think it's like the, the community as a whole. Um, but Joe, it, it, like you're the first person I thought of because I remember when I met you on your, on your podcast and you told me that you, I think you, you said something like, I, I want to win Havelina or I want to get at least get a golden ticket or something. And I remember just thinking like, wow, I, like I admire your bravery. Like that, that was such a, an awesome thing. And it's so funny to hear you on your, on your own podcast, like beating yourself out, up, like you went out with me and then like, couldn't. And I'm like, dude, like the trajectory of your career is like so steep. I don't think anyone can keep up with it. Like, come on like you placed top 10 I think I think you you were like 10th at Havelina right and so like <laughs> it's so funny to watch to see how like you pick yourself apart but like I'm just sitting in awe at like wow you have really made a move so <laughs> that is it's it, it's funny to me if nothing else but yes I I could never do that like I, I would I would never have that much bravery um I haven't like enough experience to like you know set my sights pretty high, but they've like slowly raised and you're just like, bang, I'm going to the top. So that's just like, I totally admire that. Well, thank you so much. I was not expecting you to say that. I, I appreciate that a ton. I remember I was like nervous to tell you that too. Cause I was like, here I am talking with the guy who won it last year, golden ticket. And I was like, I'm just gonna, it's like, you know, I'm just gonna like, just gonna say it. And so it's so cool to see that. And I think one of the highlights for, I mean, there's so many highlights of Javelina, but the coolest thing was after I finished, like, and I just like totally collapsed. I like looked up and you were right there and you had your fist out and you were like, nice job, man. And, like, that was just like, so cool to to see it full circle there and to have you there, man. So I appreciate all your good words and support and know that you've been like a super big inspiration to me and my running. And uh, I look, look up to all that you're doing very, very much. So I appreciate that a ton. Um, Annie, uh, for you, uh, wh who's someone like super impactful that you've met over the last year and what's something you've taken away from them? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I've met so many amazing people this year. So it's a really hard question. Um, but I met my friend, uh, Lindsay at Silver Rush 50 last year. Um, and I, I used to work for the Ludwell Race Series, um, before I got sponsored. Um, and yeah, so I was like working, uh, at the, I was, uh, the retail store manager. So I was like doing the retail, uh, tent and she won the race and, uh, we're at the same age and I think we just started chatting and stuff. And, um, yeah, she lives in Gunnison, so it's not too far away. Uh, but yeah, we just became really good friends this year. And, um, I don't really see her a ton outside of the races, but she was so kind, like she came and paced and crewed at a lot of my races this year. And then I got to pace her at, at Leadville this year and she took third, which was amazing. Uh, 
So yeah, it's just, it's cool to have another friend my age who, um, yeah, we can both kind of support each other at our races and, um, yeah, she's just become such an inspirational friend and she also coaches. So I've, uh, (laughs) it's been fun to, um, connect through coaching and stuff too. And, um, yeah, Olga kind of has (laughs) become a mentor to her too. So we're kind of like this little group, but uh, yeah, she's become a really special friend to me, especially this year. So that's so special. It's so cool to like find someone with so many similarities, right? Like, and so many like shared, um, you know, assistance in terms of like crewing and pacing and just, you know, having those different backgrounds and experiences. Cause like you can relate with those people so much more. So it's, it's super cool to see that you found an awesome friend, uh, someone who's willing to help out and you're willing to help them. I think that's what like makes this trail running community so special. So it's so cool to see that you found someone in there. Uh, Melissa and Sarah, I'll, I'll go to you and either of you can, can go first. Uh, same question question to you, uh, most impactful people that you met in 2022? Yeah, definitely people, because I've met a lot of new people this year and reconnected with a number of people from, you know, a little bit uh, further in my past, um, which has felt really nice. I do think, um, so I'm part of Nike's performance running Eakin team. And I do think from that um, work that I've been doing, um, I've met just a number of locals in the Phoenix and Northern Arizona area um, at through running shops um, who all have more experienced trail running than I do. Um, so I've loved hearing some of their perspectives. Um, I know, you know, Nathaniel Chan, uh, he's, I mean, also great. I ran, I mean, really ran with him for the first time ever, um, on one of these like Indian training runs, um, Clint Logan, you know, there's a number of different people out in the Phoenix Metro area who have just been, um, so welcoming and, uh, really inspirational, I think to me, just in a very, um, you know, subtle way. Um, but really good connections. That's so cool. That's awesome to see. And and yes, Nathaniel's he's an awesome dude. And it's so cool that like you're intertwining like the running also too with like, you know, the your career, right? Cause like you work with Nike and you're having like all like this blending together and everything. So it's almost like you just have this constant community kind of aspect. Like whereas like sometimes maybe if you're a job that's like a little removed from the running world, it's kind of like these two different worlds. At least that's how I sometimes feel like in my own role. So it's like cool to see you have that like connection together to like overarching build this running community that you're a part of, which is super cool. Sarah, how about you, my friend? Yeah, I think it's hard to kind of single out any one person. I I feel like I also met a lot of people last year and got closer to a lot of, like, I think we had a lot of fast friends here in Flagstaff, especially in, in Arizona. So like just having consistent training partners. Like I I feel like I've just gotten really close, really fast with a lot of people up here, which is awesome. Um, I will say like it's some races like run, run rabbit run, for example, or Cocodona, like you get close with people so fast, like Annie, it was so awesome sharing very brief moments with you at both of those races. Um, you know, I saw Annie pass me and I never saw her again because she was crushing. (laughs) So, but, uh, it's, it's been cool. And same with Arlen too. Like um, again, we met at run rabbit run. I'm like, this is crazy. Like Arlen's like a, such a pro at 100 miles and we're just having a chat before the race. Um, and you know, Shelby, I got to know a little bit better with her pacing me at Cocodona and it was such a, it, such a fun time. Um, yeah, super special moments. I think with <laughs> all of you guys on the call, but with a lot of people, um, last year, especially and, um, things that people have told me, 
Um, I think back to, you know, from those moments, like I think back to all the time and, um, oh, I was going to mention too, like Melissa was talking about the Nike Egan stuff, but, you know, Sky Peaks was, um, in Flagstaff, um, with the, the Golden Trail series last, last fall. So we got to meet some of, um, Nike Trails international athletes and, you know, they have such a different perspective. It's, I think about what they, you know, talks with us about all the time and, um, it's just, it's, it's refreshing. So yeah, a lot of people have made a lot of good impressions, especially in the past year for sure. That's so awesome. And it's so cool to see it's a lot of the names like on this call too, as well, like, which is super, super cool to see that. And, you know, all the different uh, outlets, like during the races, during like the different events that you're popping up on and you're continuing to build those connections and build those friendships. I mean, it's just, uh, it doesn't get more special than that. Shelby, how about, uh, how about you, my friend? Yeah. I mean, I agree with everyone that it's been a lot of people that have really made an impression, but also just been supportive. I think that's a really amazing thing about this community is it is uncomfortable to speak your dreams but for me every time I say like oh I want to run this distance or I want to move into a van um, it helps get you closer to those goals so thank you to all of the people in the community but I did have a ridiculously cool moment with Camille Heron at Tunnel Hill um yeah she was at the start of the race and like I gave her a hug and then she's like let's take a picture and I was like oh my gosh yes you're like yes I want a picture but wasn't I don't know I'm not always the one to be like and to initiate it so that was wild and then I saw her on course again and we did this like spinning hug thing which she probably didn't want um she was just like casually she was just out there on a training run she ended up not doing the 50 miler but it was like one of those elated at mile maybe 53 ish like I we were running in opposite directions I hugged her and like spun and went away <laughs> it was really awkward and amazing so um yeah I think that she's somebody who reminds you to smile and have fun on course uh which like, you know, every now and then a song will come on when I'm in a race that like makes me smile and it feels good. And so I just need to remember to do it more often. And Camille's a great example of like a very smiley, tough runner. So good. So good. Yeah. She's always smiling out there and she constantly talks about like the power of that as well. And I like that, that part where you mentioned like just having a song that gets you in high gear. There's like a few songs that like, I remember from the playlist that I had that you and I were pacing out there that I think about all the time. And I was like, Oh, this is a part where like Shelby was just like kicking my butt, laying down the hammer, like letting it go. And like, those are like some of like the coolest uh, memories like I've ever had. So uh, it, I totally agree with you. I think it's awesome. It's so cool to see you have that amazing uh, moment with Camille, which is, that is just so, so awesome. Um, sweet. So now we're, we're rolling up the, the end of this podcast here. It's, it's super cool to like, just kind of like reflect back on like everything, you know, from the people we met, the races that we did, like all in the last year. Um, and as you all know, like on my podcast, I always ask uh, one question at the end of each uh, episode. And that question is, what can our listeners do every single day to become a better endurance athlete? I've asked all you this question. You've all had it on the show and all answered. And so I'm going to ask it again. Now, the catch is you have to answer it in a different way than you did the first time. Full transparency, 
I don't remember all of your answers like right off the bat, but if there is something like that you would suggest to to someone who's either, you know, uh, struggling to find like a foot in the sport or struggling to, you know, really just uh, be consistent or um, a lot, I know a lot of people ask in, they say they're usually dealing with maybe busy schedules or, you know, limiting beliefs or like the whole nine yards there. And so uh, would love like, you know, for you all to kind of share your insights for our listeners here in terms of something that they can do to be a better in athlete in 2023 again if, if you do remember your last answer like if you want to switch it up i would encourage that if not like i'm not going to penalize y'all because i don't have like a, a sheet here with the answers but uh we'll start with annie so annie uh what would be your tip we'll kick it off with you uh, i was trying to remember what i said last time <laughs> i can't remember but <laughs> hopefully it's different um i guess you know, if you're struggling with consistency or, you know, um, getting out there, I mean, the hardest part is, you know, turning the doorknob. So, um, you know, I would just say if you're struggling to just get out there, um, you know, think of it as, okay, I'm just going to go out for 15 minutes and then I'll, I'll stop. And, um, usually within that 15 minutes, you're going to start feeling really good and like, want to keep going. So just kind of going out with the mindset that's just going to be a short little thing. And then you end up going further than you, um, yeah, thought you would. So, yeah, that's so good. Cause a lot of times we think like we need to go for like an hour or two hours. And it's like, oh, if you're just starting to get consistent, that can be such like a, like a mental burden to bear, especially yeah. if you're kind of new with it. So although that approach is just 15 minutes in and feel good and just keep it coasting. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Mr. Glick, you next. What is the one thing that our listeners can do every day to be a better endurance athlete? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you don't remember our answers because I totally don't remember mine from the <laughs> last time either. So that's awesome. But um, yeah, so the simple, the simple answer to that question would be, if you want to be a better ultra runner, you need to assess where you're at and how I'll explain that is like, do as I say, not as I do. Like the worst thing you can do is like, go, you know, look up, go, go look up somebody that you admire and that's very success, successful and say like, okay, I need to copy what they're doing because like, that's not going to work for you. We've learned in ultra running that one size does not fit all. And I think the important part is assessing where you're at. So like, if you're lacking motivation, you go to someone like David Goggins, but like me, if I got any more motivation, I would get injured. So like you, you have to, you have to assess where you're, where you're at as a, as an ultra running. And I think if you do that successfully, I know you may laugh when you hear this, but I think it's actually very important that you understand your weaknesses and like how to, how to grow the next step and not to like jump ahead and learn you know, skip a bunch of the lessons between now and where you want to be. So that's my answer. Such a good answer. Such a good answer, especially like now in the days of like Strava and everything like you, we can see anyone's workout. And sometimes like you see these videos like all the time on YouTube, like it's like I ran like Jim Walmsley for a week and then the, like the dude ends up getting injured or like something, you know, some crazy stuff like that. And we're all looking to like model all these different things. But I love that approach. It's like start where you're at, build on that. Like don't always, you know, find the find the solution that works for other people because everybody's different. And so um, that's 
that's an awesome, awesome tip. I, I think it's the first time I've heard something like that in the show, which is amazing because uh, I, I agree. I think there's no one size fits all answer. And it's so cool to see a highlight that on there. And I, I think it's so funny when you mentioned, if you, if you listen to David Goggins a little bit more, you'd, you'd probably get injured. <laughs> oh, that is great. That is great. All right, Austin, Mr. Horn. How about how about you, my friend? What's one thing our listeners can do every day to be a better endurance athlete? Um, I'd say just because it's been so cold here lately that I'd recommend just making sure you hydrate. And since it's been so cold here, sometimes I just like don't drink as much because I'm not like feeling thirsty. Um, so yeah, just make sure you're drinking enough and also eating enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's a I think it's that's probably like the one of the most important like uh ultra running tips for sure especially when it's cold out because like if you have hydration nutrition go south like it's the worst like I always say like I'd rather have like the most sore legs than like the most blown up stomach like ten times out of ten like for sure um all right so Sarah we're gonna go to you next what is your tip ah. Uh- I've been thinking about this because like Austin said, it's cold up here. It's winter. We're all, I feel like in a lot of ways, we're kind of just making it through where we can get back onto some dirt and the trails that we like. So yeah, just like find something that's exciting. Like it could, it doesn't have to be a huge thing, but something that's exciting you to get out the door and, um, you know, it could be a little, little change in the routine. I think for me, I struggle if I start feeling like I'm I'm doing the same thing over and over and I'm kind of checking the box or whatever, get just to get it done. So yeah, kind of getting out of the routine with something that sounds a little thrilling or exciting um, to mix it up a little bit, I think um, is a good approach, especially for winter when we're kind of limited right now with, you know, where we can run um, in, in, you know, an area like like Flagstaff. <laughs> so, I mean, we're lucky we can go down to Sedona or Phoenix too. Melissa has been dropping down there to run with you, but yeah, just find something that's exciting you um, in the moment or, you know, for the short term um, to get you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good tips for the winter too, right? Cause the cold can be fun for not fun for a lot of people for sure, including me myself. So I love that you uh, find those ways to find the joy in what you're doing and find the excitement, like whether it's going down to Sedona or maybe driving a little bit or maybe traveling somewhere else, like super, super cool to see that. Melissa, how about you, my friend? Yeah. So last, last time on the podcast, I did say big picture patience and I still do think that is very important. Um, and kind of going off what Arlen said, I also think that like, I mean, if you have questions about what you're doing or, you know, some frustrations with what you're doing, um, I think it's really great to seek out other people for their perspective, um, whether that's a professional or, you know, your friends on the trails um, or even like track athletes. Um, I think hearing a lot of different perspectives has really kind of open the open my mind to some different things um and has really helped me learn about what I could be doing differently in training and what I could be doing differently in my everyday like fueling or um sleeping habits or you know strength exercises all of those things and there's been you know some people have been telling me things that I don't want to hear or I don't like to hear you know but it's very important to hear those things and you know, learn from them and make some changes where you need to. So I think that's also, you know, something else that's super important moving forward. 
Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And it's like one of the reasons why like this podcast kind of started is like to, to have those ideas out there for people who want to like learn a little bit more. So it's so cool to see that you have that in your aspect, even like when you mentioned before, you're going to nutritionists and a PT and like trying to get those things in there from like people who like do this for a living, right. And are super specialized in that because they have that depth of knowledge. And sometimes like having that depth of knowledge can help you to, you know, fix a certain injury, get your body in check, like anything like that. So I love that aspect of being able to, to seek the knowledge if you're stuck or frustrated or anything like that, which is super, super cool. And then lastly, but certainly not least is Shelby. Shelby, what's up? What is your tip? Keep going. Uh, Yeah, that's my tip to keep going. So I think that I'm somebody that sets big goals and it can be very overwhelming. I mean, I moved out of my apartment this week and that sucks. Like it felt very much like an ultra. You have to like keep moving through it and keep going. Um, So I would say to create a little roadmap for yourself and just keep doing it every day. And if if it's little little wins, celebrate them. Like if you drank more water today than you did yesterday, that's sweet. Like that's progress. And just to not like don't look backwards. Just go. Mm, I love that aspect, right? Because we all know that in like ultra running, right? To keep going. But I love how you translate that to the things like in your life, whether it is moving, whether it is, you know, maybe a task at work or anything like that. And I think sometimes it can be easy to like separate the two, but I love that uh, mindset of just keep going. And again, it doesn't have to be in the middle of like a training run. It can be, you know, just getting out, you know, on the trails the next day or like hitting that workout or anything like that. And so I love that advice is, is amazing to see that as well. Well, everybody, I mean, this, that, that, that's a wrap on this. I mean, this was super, super fun. I wish I can chat with y'all for, for longer and longer and longer. Um, but this episode was truly, truly special. I just want to say huge thank, thank you to all of our panelists here today. Um, all of our guests on the Everyday Ultra podcast, uh, who have joined us today, uh, out of their busy schedules to take time and, and have a nice chat about running and everything. So thank you, Shelby, Melissa, Sarah, Annie, Austin, and Arlen. Appreciate you all a ton. And anybody listening in, thank you so much for listening listening to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, not just on this episode, but over the past year, uh, your support has meant the world to me. And uh, we've grown just so well, just because, you know, we have just amazing people like you listening. So thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you all, my friends. And remember, be a better endurance athlete every day. We'll talk soon. Take care. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'm more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, Would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.